0: Hey everybody, Evan Harris back again with an intro to episode 2 of the Lucky 10,000, which is actually technically the second half of an episode intended for my other podcast, the Bearded Ones podcast. Um, This one is the second half of a conversation where the first half was last week's episode of the Lucky 10,000 about M. Night Shyamalan. This week we moved on to gaming and gaming in general. So I hope you enjoy it and I hope you got lucky tonight. Are there nerds here tonight? Nerds! You are a part of the lucky 10,000. With your hosts,
1: Evan. They all adore him. They think he's a righteous dude. And Carissa. Not hot in spite of being a geek, but because of it. Being a nerd, it's not about what you
0: love.
1: It's about how you love it
0: i have a question for you yep um maybe you can explain this to me you're a gamer yeah you're a hardcore gamer like you and everybody in your household love video games i love video games in fact as mentioned earlier on the podcast i am going through something of a game renaissance Mm -hmm. but there's something that's very popular in game culture right now that i don't understand and i want you to enlighten me if i can what is the deal with the guys on YouTube who are getting hundreds of thousands of views when all they do is play video games and yell. Um, do you know of what I speak?
1: Oh, yes, absolutely. There is a, a kind of shift a little bit in the mentality of gaming okay, as not merely like a solitary pursuit or among a small group of friends like say Mario Party you right. have to have people in your home with you Right. if you have to have friends right. to come over to your yeah. home and
0: if you and if you were a gamer especially in the 90s you didn't have many you
1: didn't have many i mean it's that's true
0: mom um, and want to play Mario Party again
1: exactly and now you know of course with mmos and pretty much online accessibility for basically every game right. you can have friends play with you and be awesome. across the world it's amazing it's awesome but there has become a movement where games are not just something that you do; they're also something you can spectate. But that's kind
0: of always been the way it is. I was talking to my friend Todd uh, the other day, who is a huge gamer, and he—I was telling him I got uh, an original Nintendo system, and he was so excited because his parents would never let him have one. Yep. And he goes, and I was like, "Come on, man, play some games with me." He goes, "I'll be happy to just watch you play the games." Because that's – he would go over to friends' houses and just watch them play the Nintendo games and loved just watching them play the games. And that spectator aspect has always kind of been there. Like, I remember watching somebody play the first Resident Evil for the first time, and I was like, I could watch this all night.
1: There's a slight difference to that because I am also a game spectator. Like, I play a lot of games, but I actually watch a lot of games because –
0: well, they, ba- they basically are like movies. I people who play
1: more games than I do. And they are like movies. They are – they can be at least drawn-out stories, beautiful landscaping, lots of great graphics, um, fun to just be a part of without having to actually go through the failure of trying shit over and over right. again and dying or whatever. You can just watch somebody else do that, and you don't have to suffer through you know, the emotional rending heartache Which, of know, having to go through it again. You
0: never get more um, frustrated – than with certain in your life than with certain video games.
1: Oh, God. Yeah. It can be, it can be heartbreaking sometimes. Oh, yeah. Um, so I get the kind of the one on one. I'm sitting in the room with the person right. playing the game, watching it. But I mean, like, as a spectator sport. Right. Um, that has become more of a thing. There are professional gaming leagues in certain games who do it for money, they compete. To be paid professionally to play yes. video games. I think that's awesome. And the aspect part of the aspect of that is they get paid for that because people will pay to watch them do it right. because they're professionals. But just is, like I guess a basketball I, team or whatever. That makes sense
0: to me. That's probably the best, the, the most, uh, uh, I was going to say secular, but that wouldn't make any sense. That's the most <laughs> scholastic way I've ever heard anybody put it. But what I'm talking about, like, I got fascinated by the Oculus Rift mm-hmm. and I'm still fascinated by the Oculus Rift. I like watching videos of people play the Oculus Rift because I want to yep. see what it's like because I'm probably not going to own one for years because it won't be affordable <laughs> for right. years. But like I've clicked on some and, – and these guys have hundreds of thousands of views and literally all they're doing, they're not saying anything clever. They're not saying anything no, witty. they're just raging. They're literally putting on the helmet and going, oh, that's scary.
1: Whoa, I feel like I'm on a plane. Um, some of that is kind of why reality TV is popular. Oh, God. Um, It's basically a reality TV for people who can relate to playing a video game. Right. Like I can relate to that particular emotional response to whatever you're doing in this video game that I'm familiar with. Okay. I'm familiar with your video game. I know who you are. And, of course, Internet celebrities are just like actual celebrities. If you see them enough, you feel like you know them.
0: Wow, you're really breaking this down. (laughs) You really are. I just expect you to go, nah, they're assholes. Don't watch them.
1: I mean, a lot of them are assholes, but some <laughs> of them aren't. Some of them, it's just a personality. It's just a way that they make their money. It's a way that they become internet famous for and I've playing got video nothing games. Nothing
0: against that. I've told no, you, like, not one reasons all. I want to do this podcast and start, uh, you know, expanding it into other areas and doing the web series and stuff. As you know, yep. I think the internet has supplied a great place for people to put interesting content on there, and yes. if they're talented, they need to be successful. But this isn't yeah. talent. This is literally just I'm watching a game and I'm screaming. That's why I don't like reality TV most of the time because it's Yep, not but talent. a lot of people do. I know.
1: I, and it, it really, to me at least, it seems to be that same kind of mentality. And those people who their subscribers maybe don't watch any reality TV. They don't watch whatever Housewives or Swap – Pawn (laughs) brokers or whatever the hell it is. Did you hear about that one? Yes, I did. Yeah. Um they don't watch those, but there is still kind of a reality TV mimetic culture that we have. We know that it's there. That's something that we're all aware of, and especially the younger you are, the more prevalent it is. Sure. And has been. Um so it's just something you kind of get, and it just happens to be that for whatever reason, these hundred thousand subscribers. Can all relate to your video gaming?
0: I just I I feel like an old man. Yeah. Where I'm just going.
1: I don't understand <laughs> what you're getting out of this. But well, I mean, they have that the Twitch TV mm-hmm. channel, which is all just gaming streams.
0: But you know, sometimes I can handle. It. Like I, I started watching this uh, teens react and kids react to uh, uh, like old school retro games. Yeah. That was a lot of fun to watch um they did have some of them do an oculus rift game and you know i do like seeing people get scared i think it's fun but yeah something about these guys they're just too obnoxious and they're not actually doing anything and they now they have fans yep. <laughs> it's like i don't get it maybe maybe that's what i should do the, the, for the rest i new format for the podcast is just going to be me screaming about <laughs> something that other people have heard of i won't even be Playing anything? Just be. Look at the cover of this video game. Ah! <laughs> hey guys, it's my new review for uh, the newest uh, Alien Isolation game. Oh, the cover's scary. Oh, look at the back. Oh, images. Ah. Well, thanks for listening. <laughs> we'll see you next time on Evan Streams the Games.
1: You should try. Just start see how reading it works. the
0: copyright information just yelling it.
1: Copyright
0: 2015 by EA.
1: Oh, that's good enough to make me start yelling anyway.
0: Yeah, EA's gotten a lot of shit in the past few years.
1: And they deserve every ounce of it and twice as much again.
0: Boo, I'm glad we're onto this, though. Now you can get opinionated about video games. So, (laughs) Carissa, you're more of a gamer than I am because you're way more up to date than I am. Like, I am completely content to wait for years to get a new game or a game system, I look at a game online and I'm like, "Ooh, ten dollars? Mm, that's a little pricey. We'll wait till that comes down a little bit more. Ooh, that video game system just went down to hundred bucks. Mm, I'll wait till it goes down to twenty. So I'm just mm-hmm. discovering games. Like I'll send you emails. I'm like, "Have you heard of this Super Mario Brothers game? <laughs> You're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's good. It's a good.
1: I'm, one. A, I'm familiar. Yeah. Have fun with that." So
0: you're a big Wower,
1: not uh, not anymore. Really? But I was, and I'm still a Wow supporter.
0: <laughs> you're a Wow supporter. Well, he makes it sound like an undergarment.
1: Yes, I I am a Wow supporter. It lifts and separates. <laughs> um,
0: so here's the thing.
1: Okay, like, go ahead. Blizzard, as a company, is a huge. It's a giant gaming company. Yes. With that comes a lot of things that you can rightly. Criticize.
0: Sure. Like any big corporation gets to that point. They're going to fuck up.
1: Absolutely. And I am not a fanboy. I don't support everything they do. And they've made poor decisions and judged their player base incorrectly, in my opinion, in the past. They're not infallible. Right. Um, But they make a good game. They make several good games. And they do it well. They don't typically... Deliberately cheat their customers. Right. They don't um, put out half-assed product like EA and right. expect you to pay twice again. Which for really
0: something company. I have come to understand. You know, I started watching the angry video game nerd videos. And I think I sent you one recently. Yeah. And at first I was like, this guy's getting really upset. But now when you think about it, I understand the ire because you're asking people to pay $40, 50 bucks for something. Yep. That you know they're gonna buy based on title alone, you can make a shitty Batman game and somebody will buy it because they love Batman. And they've spent 50 bucks on something that is a piece of crap Yep. that now they're out 50 bucks. And the best they can do is try and resell it and get, what, 20 back?
1: Oh, maybe.
0: Maybe, if they're lucky. If they're
1: very lucky. Especially if
0: the press comes out that it's an awful game. Yep. So I totally get the anger behind a product that somebody has just shoved down your throat that is an awful product, and you know they know it's an awful product. Yes. But they're still asking you to spend top dollar on it. Yes,
1: and EA is by far the worst. They're not the only one We're going to have do to get it, into they're... specific
0: examples of that later, but uh, I'm really okay. fascinated to hear about what happened with you and WoW. It's like a breakup.
1: Uh, honestly, it's funny that you say that, because I have likened my relationship to WoW like a breakup. So I'll do the real short, sweet version. You take I started as long playing... as you want, Garitha. Eh. started playing WoW right when it came out. Um, I was not a huge gamer at that point. Right. Like, I mean, actually, I guess. But see, as long as, I you, kind of <laughs> as long as I've known you, I kind of was. As
0: long as I've known you in our sordid history together, our sordid past, mm. and by the way, listeners, it's always blend platonic. How I don't know because at one time we even lived together, and I always look back on those times and went, "How did we never just even like stumble into each other?" Yeah. But I it don't didn't know. happen. <sighs> anyway. Um, <laughs> you would get, you do have a bit of an obsessive personality when you discover something that you love.
1: Yeah, it's my thing. You're with the in, you
0: are yeah. in. And yep. with video games, I saw you get so absorbed into certain video games.
1: Pokemon snap, baby. Pokemon
0: snap is the first <laughs> one that comes to mind. <laughs> and I still, to this day, don't get it. I've never been a Pokemon guy, but at least I can understand like the, oh, you capture this poor animal and make it fight other poor animals. Okay. I get it. But you guys, this game was for the Nintendo 64, and it was, the whole point of the game was you were on a boat that you did not even control.
1: You were on, like, a a railroad track.
0: Yeah, it was like you were at, it's a small world after all ride, except every once in a while a flying unicorn would pop out and you would have to take a picture of it. Exactly. And you and Zach played this thing every day for months. Mostly me. (laughs) Mostly you. (laughs) But I do – and it was like you beat it, and then you would go back again to get a better picture better of the sport. animal. Yep. So you you definitely – like you're a gamer at heart. I think you always have been. It just has to be the right yes. game.
1: It, that's absolutely true. And, and for I,
0: you, WoW was the right game at the right time.
1: Yes, without question. And it was groundbreaking. Like there are a oh, lot yeah. of things that seven years on, which is where we're at now – seven? Nine years on. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Nine years on, which is where we're at now uh, – we can kind of think about it now and be like, "Yeah, it's wow. It's you know a thing. It's one of a yeah. hundred MMOs." But at the time, it was truly groundbreaking. Yeah, and it made a huge difference in the way it it not single-handedly, but it played a very large part in saving the gaming industry. Sure, because it brought a lot of people into gaming who would not otherwise have gotten right. into it. Uh, it exposed them to things that they would never have probably at least experienced to begin with, and a loud entrance with a very short learning curve
0: now would you for people compare, who weren't
1: interested in gaming before
0: would you compare the effect that World of Warcraft had on the the world of gaming to the effect that say Nintendo had because Nintendo came out not long after like the they call it the video game crash and now, Nintendo and Super Mario Brothers they credit single-handedly with basically saving the gaming industry
1: i i would this may be romanticizing the past on my part, but I would give Nintendo the edge by a lot sure. on that. Um, only because I... It, it was wasn't like about to die when World came out. And it was kind of dying. Like, it wasn't dead, but it was okay. limping along and you they were going to take it back behind the shed in a little bit. They going to pull an
0: old yeller on it.
1: Yeah, and at that point... It could have been anything, honestly, Right. but while Blizzard happened to make a game, and Blizzard had been an established company that had put out high-quality, very enjoyable, long-term right. fan games for years— and they had this new type of experience. Well, and I will brand be the first new to say, because like, there had like, been I'm not a
0: I don't think I've ever actually played World of Warcraft. The concept when I first heard about it was amazing. Yeah. That you could play these and, characters and talk to other people on the other side of the world in character was just amazing to me that that was even possible.
1: Like the depth of story... I mean, I mean, because there'd been MMOs. There'd been Ultima Online. There'd been... Um, EverQuest, those had been around. So the concept wasn't new, but you really, you were a nerd. (laughs) Yeah. You were a nerd, hardcore nerd. You didn't just kind of, your friends were playing EverQuest, so you played EverQuest. The learning curve was steep. The time requirement was high. It was like playing Dungeons &
0: Dragons and and getting to see what you're doing.
1: Yeah. WoW was easy. It was easy to get into. Mm -hmm. Um, It had a backstory, a very rich, involved Plot and it and never backstory. had to end, and it never did, it never ended. It's still going on to this day. And like you
0: could have created a character 10 years ago, and that character is still alive today.
1: Um, all of mine are
0: that's amazing, yeah. Um, so what happened? Did WoW cheat on you? <laughs> no, did WoW pull its dick out in front of another woman?
1: No, in front so of another man, vanilla WoW was great. The original, just World of Warcraft, was great. It went on for two. And a half years or something, two years. And then, the then they came out with the Expansion, started. the Burning Crusade, okay. which was better. They which to the
0: layman, an Expansion pack, explain.
1: Um, the Expansion pack is just new content. Okay. Um, initially, the level cap was 60. You got to level 60, and you stayed at level 60 because no it's matter how much online,
0: you played. It is up to Correct. the company to actually put things into the experience to yes. open up the world even further.
1: Exactly. And as you are leveling from one where you are a nothing little peon to 60 originally where you are, you know, champion of the universe, um, you have – the story has changed at least a little bit with you. Okay. So you have impacted the world around you. When you get to the top level, that stops being true. So you do stuff and then you just go go back and do it again. And then you go back and do it again. And then you go back and do it again. Right. You get better gear you get more money you get more loot you get stuff but nothing else changes it doesn't advance at all right so the expansions are a way to advance the story for your characters right. and for the world so that things have actually changed it's been two years shit has gone on right so that's effectively what that's supposed to accomplish so the burning crusade came out it was their first expansion they fixed a lot of problems that they had in the original they created some more problems for themselves. They raised the level cap to 70. So there was now more leveling and then an end game where you just did the same thing over and over again to try to make your, you know, fake stuff right. better fake stuff. And you did that until the next expansion came out. Um, that gets boring right. to me. Some people have never canceled their subscription to WoW and they have been hardcore raiders since day one. And I don't get that.
0: (laughs) Well, it is to me, is like the thing with like – I saw a great documentary about the bronies recently. And that was Mm -hmm. something that I never quite understood is the Mm -hmm. obsession that some people have with My Little Pony. But it's a geek thing, so I'm like, you have it. I'm not going to bother you. It doesn't bother me. But I saw a documentary on it, and I think a lot of the people that are into it have at the very least might be mildly autistic. (laughs) <laughs> and it's that. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like a lot of the I guys know, they interviewed. I, I know a little bit about autism and, and the guys they interviewed, I was like, I think you might be a little bit autistic. And that made so much sense. And I think it might be that way, too, with something like World of yeah, Warcraft.
1: Absolutely. I mean, it is a perfect I mean, people I don't appreciate or I don't like the hardcore rating way of approaching games for right. me. It, it is not fun. To me. I will raid and I will raid until the end and I will get the best gear. And then I'm just done. There's nothing else to do. So rating is like what? Spend You my invade time a, time a town
0: and rape and kill the
1: women and children? No. Oh. Rating is originally it was you and 39 other people. Then it was you and 9, 24, or 39 other people. Now it's you and 9 or 19 other people, I think. Okay. Maybe it's maybe it's 10 and 25 man raids at this point. Um. And you go as, like, a guild if you've formed or joined a guild, or you just kind of join up with 24 other random people. And there's just a dungeon, kind of like in Dungeons & Dragons. There are little minions to fight and then a big boss, and then little minions and then a big boss. That sounds fun. It is. It is a lot of fun. If you're into gaming at all, it is right. a lot of fun. But doing the same one... Right. For years at a time, right. not fun to me because I got you. eventually you have all of the stuff that they can give you. Right, you get the best, you know, dress you can put on and the best hat to wear, and you're done. That There's makes just so much sense because that's nothing why, I else like, to get.
0: you know, Nintendo was a revolutionary and the games they created were beautiful and revolutionary. But once you beat Super Mario Brothers, all you could do was go back and play, play Super Mario Brothers again. Yep, and. I think that's one of the reasons the video game world had to move on. Yes. Because at some point you're like, "Well, I beat the game. I'm done with it."
1: Yes. Um, and this is a way to keep it as a living world as long as they keep putting out expansions. But then and they kept giving back to the whole.
0: You're basically just playing the game again.
1: But literally, every time you get to end game, until they come out with a new. Either a new patch on that content to add one more dungeon as opposed to change the whole world. Just add one more dungeon. Then you do that dungeon and you're done. You can keep doing it, but you're just redoing it. Right. You're not accomplishing anything. You're not changing anything. You're not adding anything. You're just doing it. And some people really get a kick out of that. Great for them. It's both their money and their time. And if they enjoy it, that's all that matters. So you
0: just got burnt out.
1: I just got bored. So I canceled my subscription. They came out with a new um content expansion and I immediately joined back up. Ah. I played until there was nothing else to get. Cuz for a while I there I was
0: joining you guys on Mumble. Yep. Which was when we sort of reconnected. We hadn't talked in what at least a year. Mhm. And just out of the blue one night I was like, I'm going to see what Carissa's doing. And you told me about Mumble, which is you and your whole household on uh uh what, what would you call it?
1: Voice over internet.
0: Okay. That thing. And uh <laughs> And you, I remember you warning me, it's like, it's going to be like you're hanging out with us. I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, there's going to be like sometimes 10, 15 minutes at a time where we're not saying shit. Yeah. Because you guys were playing World of Warcraft and you would be in the middle of a raid or something. And yep. it would just be like we were all hanging out in the same room, just all doing our own thing. Yeah. And I actually kind of enjoyed it because it made me feel less lonely. But um, and I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm not. But you don't need to bring people <laughs> down. Um. But that was—it was kind of—I was like, "Oh man, she's really into this World of Warcraft." And you're telling me now that you're not. What are you into now, if anything?
1: Um, like super into nothing. I'm not. I'm between things at this point. But I do regularly play a game called Dota Two.
0: Never heard of it. Um, sell it, Carissa. Sell it.
1: Oh, oh, I'll bring it. <laughs> um, have you? Heard of League of Legends? Yes. Okay. League of Legends is a MOBA, M-O-B-A.
0: Um, and this is where gaming culture has kind of lost me because I am behind. Sometimes I listen to people talk gaming, and I might as well the be jargon. listening to people yeah. talk Latin. The
1: jargon gets confusing. I only Even started using Pwned
0: it. when I saw it on South Park. <laughs>
1: MOBA's I remember asking, I think
0: you, after that episode came out, I was like, it yeah, was a great episode, man. It was awesome. What the fuck just pwned me?
1: <laughs> the jargon gets, uh, it is Every kind of like a second to language. Every culture have jargon, though. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it doesn't take too long to get the hang of it if you're in it, but if you just kind of get a little bit of exposure every now and then, it's like, what the fuck are you See, people talking about? that's the other difference about? between
0: you and me. I'm a console guy, and I yeah. get online occasionally through Xbox or Wii or whatever. Oh, so you got part. a lot
1: of 12-year-olds fucking your mom then.
0: Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um. So um, I, I'll do that occasionally, but for the most part, I don't do a lot of online gaming. Yeah. So a lot of the lingo still goes completely over my head. So yep. explain it one more time. MOBA. MOBA. This, isn't a, this isn't a mousy, alternative, bald singer that we're talking
1: uh, about. No, okay. no, although that could be cool. Uh, it's a multiplayer online battle arena. Oh, that sounds awesome. Yeah, uh, it is. Some people have described it as a combination, obviously in computer game form, of chess and soccer.
0: Nice. So what's the name of the game
1: again? Uh, the one that I play is Dota 2.
0: Dota, D-O-T-A?
1: D-O-T-A 2. The okay. reason that it's Dota 2 Is that initially there was a Dota one? There was a Dota one, Warcraft three, a Blizzard game, which came out before World of Warcraft, had an expansion, and that expansion allowed players to modify using the game engine and make little mini games within the game engine itself. Okay. So, one dude who is called Ice Frog. Nice. Made a
0: is he like Mod. legend now is yes. he like kaiser soze kind it's of it's like I, did you guys i think ice frog was here at one point
1: yeah um he people mostly tab. don't know what he looks like he doesn't go out in oh, public so that creepy. we know like he's super secretive or whatever i mean it's kind of weird you and got, i don't there is really a guy care that much
0: somewhere but... i guarantee you going to a comic con and finding some hot cosplay chick and going what's up girl i'm ice frog
1: i'm ice frog
0: what's up
1: <laughs> Um,
0: What you going to do about it? Can I freeze you with my tadpole?
1: (laughs) If you know what I mean. You
0: know what I mean.
1: Um, And that would work
0: with maybe the
1: 20th chick. Maybe, maybe. Um, So he made this mod within Dota, or within Warcraft 3, called Defense of the Ancients. Cool. Dota. Um, And it is two teams of five on a basically square map. In one corner each, they have an Ancient. It's their MacGuffin. It's the thing that they're protecting. And the five-on-five teams meet in the middle in three lanes. Around the top edges, down the middle, and the bottom edges. And they fight each other to get to the other team's base.
0: Nice. I like that. That sounds fun. the goal is
1: to kill the base.
0: That sounds fun.
1: It is fun. So that was the original. Dota 2 is a game that was made by Valve. It is a, it is based on Dota. It is Dota recreated. It is recreated outside of the Warcraft engine. It was made by a company called Valve, who is who also made Team Fortress 2 and Half Life, and Portal.
0: I've heard a lot about all those games. Yep. Never played a um, single one, but I've heard a lot about all of them.
1: They're a really good, um, healthy, game producer. Awesome. And they make and support Dota 2. It's free to play. Um, and you, that's what you do. You line up five on five on a map, and you try to kill the other person's base. So
0: I could join Dota through my laptop tonight and join you in a battle. Yes. That's awesome. I might yes. get into that. Because I've never um, been is... like a PC guy. I, I tried playing games on PC. I was like, it's all right. But I don't know. There's something tangible to me about a about a console, you a know. Controller. <laughs> controller. Controller. Um, the games I, where you get the game out and put it in, you buy the box.
1: I used to be that way. Like, that was it. Because, I mean, of course, like, I grew up, my first games were computer games because those were the first games. Right. But they were five and a quarter inch floppy disk games right. that you put in the computer and you had to close the little door oh, on it and yeah. you had to boot it up. Like, that's when I started gaming, was when this game going to were... date
0: me so much. But the first true video game memory I have was when we got our first. Home computer in the 80s, and it had one game on floppy disk, which was basically Space Invaders, except it was a clown on a unicycle who had to catch balloons on his hat.
1: That's awesome.
0: And we thought it was the best thing. Best
1: game ever. Yep.
0: We had ever seen. Blew my mind um, when I saw somebody play Nintendo for the first time.
1: So we had our computer with our, you know, little 8 bit black and white games. Dig Dug and Qbert, Load Runner and Snake. Like, those were the games that I played. <laughs> and my dad got us an Intellivision.
0: In Dude, Qbert was the bomb, by the
1: way. Dude, Q-Bert was the bomb. Um, so we had, our console was an Intellivision, which at the time, like, it came out the year I was born. Wow. And that's what I grew up playing. Which was
0: what? 95, 96? Console.
1: Yeah, only, yeah, 15 years ago, 95? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no. The, before that. Yeah. But we played the Intellivision, and I had a good time. Uh, I wanted a Nintendo, but I got an Intellivision instead. My next hey friend neighbor had a Nintendo, so I would watch her play as she got ready for school in the morning. It was morning. amazing, uh, wasn't was- it? And it was great. Um, so, But then from there, games on the PC were all kind of crappy. Yeah. Like, they didn't get better.
0: What was the game that transformed the, the PC world and made it a legitimate gaming thing? I am not... I'm just kidding. I'm asking you because I already know. I'm like Alex Trebek. Your answer is what is Pong?
1: What is Pong? What is Which Pong? Was originally an Atari game. Yeah,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, man, Atari like Pong. I was like, oh my yeah, god, totally. You can do this. You can hit a square
1: with a flatter longer with a flatter square, square? Yeah.
0: and then another That's- flatter, longer square is on the other side. It was great. Well, now I want to, uh, almost like your multiple personality person, I want to talk to Opinionated Krissa about some things in the gaming world. Um, well, first off, let's go with the positive opinions. Uh-huh. Um, what is your favorite game of all time?
1: No. <laughs> this is like the third time you've asked me this. There <laughs> I'll is put you no, on the spot for real. No way to answer that. Okay.
0: It... Okay. Well, let's take it by generations. Did you end up getting a Nintendo ever?
1: Uh, for myself? No.
0: Well, what was you when you would play? What was your favorite game to play? Like old school eight bit Nintendo.
1: Way old school. Oh yeah. To play, probably Super Mario Three.
0: Okay, that was like the first game I bought for my Nintendo system when I got it. And just to let you know, it's still awesome. Yeah, I know. <laughs> all almost all those Mario games—they put so much quality and effort into those games. Not
1: They're everyone. Just-
0: but for the most part, you almost can't go wrong if it's got Mario in it.
1: From the early generations, yeah.
0: From the early generations, and you know, the Wii and the and, uh, mm. Super Nintendo N64. They all had some great Mario games. You After can never N64, lose with a good round of Mario Kart.
1: Mario Kart. Mario Kart 64 is still one of the best games oh, ever. <laughs> An amazing ever. party game. <laughs>
0: And now they got it on the Wii, you know. Well, not now. They've had it on the Wii for like 50 years. Yeah. But <clears throat> I just played it for the first time yesterday. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but no, that was that was when I really started like, you know, I'm playing Mario Kart with somebody in India. This is amazing. So, okay, Mario 3, great pick. Um, it's an awesome game. Uh, now let's move on to, hmm, was was the Pokemon Snap game your favorite N64 game?
1: Well, it was my probably my most replayed N64 game.
0: I remember both of us got very sucked into Zelda yes. on the N64. Yep.
1: And the Zelda Ocarina of Time Yes, uh, is not only the best Zelda game, and I will fight you on that, <laughs> it is also probably my favorite N64. Game.
0: Well, it's awesome. And again... What I remember about that game is I think at some point, because I'm all about, like, when I play a game, I love the fact that you can free roam so much in games nowadays, but I'm all about the objectives. I'm like, I want to beat the game, and then I'll go back and do something else. I pretty much remember halfway through that game, you just said fuck it and started fishing all the time.
1: (laughs) Well, I think there was a fish I wanted to catch. Yes, Many and I, I, never could, and so I just kept fishing until I caught it.
0: Yeah, but that was what was a great thing about that game, and that's you one of the great things about the open world games of yep. today. You can compl- I just watched my friend Todd the other day play GTA V.
1: Yep. And online or the console? The just console, console but he can.
0: Do, he's got it on Xbox, so he can play it online. But he was at. I was just watching him play again, being a spectator. He didn't care about doing the games. He just wanted to drive around Los Angeles. And that's what's the great thing about this open world game is you can have your cake and eat it too. I got Batman Arkham City for my Xbox. It's a fantastic game. But if you decide, you know what? I don't think Batman should try and stop the Joker. I think he should fly around pummeling bad guys yep. and opening doors.
1: Sandbox gaming is it's incredible in the fact that we have graphics engines that can actually do them and and the sandbox is only going to get bigger. Yes.
0: So that brings us to N. NC- did you have a Super Nintendo or a PlayStation or anything like that? Had a
1: PlayStation though late. I got the PlayStation when I was living with you. Right. What's yours?
0: You might have. I had yeah. a PlayStation.
1: Yeah, that I think that was. In fact, I'm sure that was my first PlayStation.
0: Oh wow! Popped your PlayStation cherry.
1: Yeah, you did. Um.
0: Well, gotta get something. Um. <laughs> I mean, when I first got my PlayStation, I was obsessed with Tomb Raider. That was. My I remember. Game. That was my jam.
1: We still talk about that, actually. Do you? Yeah.
0: Because I was. Because you would spend
1: like half an hour making her like she, in the beginning when she's crawling through the tunnel. Oh yeah. You'd spend half an hour making her back her ass up into the camera.
0: Well, I mean, it was a bit blocky. But <laughs> she worked out. I'm pretty yeah. sure Laura Croft worked out. And now, like, <laughs> I feel guilty because everyone's like, "Oh, Laura Croft was such a man's idea of what a woman should look like." I was like, "Man, she was attractive. She was smart. She had an English accent."
1: Did you know that her boobs were a uh, calculation or digit misplacement error?
0: No, I they didn't. They weren't supposed to be that big. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna call that an error, nope. Carissa. I don't think <laughs> any the word error could fit into this, equa- this equation. Really
1: unintentional.
0: That's what they say now. <laughs> Everyone's like, oh, you poor, pitiful, lonely gamers, never seen a naked woman before. This is what you think they should all look like." Because in real life, Laura Croft would not only not be able to squeeze through tunnels, yeah. but she wouldn't be able to stand up. No. Although she would never drown. Which True. did happen a lot in Tuesday. Yes, it did. <laughs> well, I love that game. What was your PlayStation game? It's not easy.
1: Not for me to play, but this is my spectator game. Yeah. Final Fantasy Tactics.
0: Oh yeah. I don't think I ever played Final Fantasy Tactics. It
1: is I have played I have played, like me with the controller in my hand, actually moving characters around and making decisions. Mm-hmm. I have played twenty minutes, maybe <laughs> of it. I have watched it through six times.
0: And again, six you get involved things. in that shit. So I can just see you yeah. like if a character died going, "Oh no." <laughs> <laughs> they died?
1: <laughs> it's yeah, I mean, and it's it's just a, a superb game. It is still
0: It's one I've like, the heard a lot about.
1: It's so good.
0: See, it's when so I good. I never had a it's... Super Nintendo, but I dated a girl who did, and she had Final Fantasy VII. Played that one a lot. Now, I could never get into those type of RPGs because it frustrated the shit out of me, the fighting style of those games. Where it was literally like you've got your little icon just walking through a really blocky forest and then all of a sudden, wow, wow, wow. And you're fighting, but you're not really fighting. You're just going, I'll hit you. Now you hit me. (laughs) No fight in the world would ever go that way.
1: To me, menu-based fighting is fun to watch. I hate playing it.
0: Well, I the only thing that saved me with not hating RPGs because of that fact was she also had Chrono Trigger. Yeah. And Chrono Trigger was great.
1: Yes, it was. It still is. In fact, uh, Winston played it like eight months ago or something.
0: It's a great game. Yeah. Although fantastic. I do remember getting probably more frustrated at that game than I've gotten at any other game I've ever played. And I can't even remember why. I just remember like screaming sometimes at that game
1: old games were harder.
0: Oh, they were so much harder. That's what I'm learning with getting this old Nintendo. I got Super Contra.
1: I can't get past the first level. No, you have to Konami code that shit, (laughs) because that's not possible.
0: It's insanely difficult. Yes. But, it's still fun.
1: Yeah.
0: All those old games, the good ones still hold up. The good anything still holds up. Yes. But, yeah, Chrono Trigger was great, because you didn't, you, you literally could just explore and fight as you saw fit. You didn't have to Jump into these weird, I hit you, you hit me, three-headed beast. It's like, for that to translate. Maybe that's why the Final Fantasy movie didn't work. Is because there wasn't a lot of, (laughs) okay, I hit you. Now, go ahead, go for it. Give me a good shot. The Final Fantasy
1: movie didn't work because it was terrible. Though, Final Fantasy VII Advent Children, the movie.
0: I didn't even know it existed.
1: Oh, no. Dude, you've got to fucking find that shit. It is awesome. Watch the Japanese, um, the is subtitled awesome one, not it's the dubbed one. No, it's awesome. Oh, like okay. it's truly because the story of Final Fantasy VII is very good. Well, that's kind incredibly of what The problem depth.
0: was with the big movie, wasn't it? It sort of ignored the video game. Yeah, it wasn't
1: really a part of the series at all. Yeah, and I mean, none of the games, game to game, really relate to one another. No, but all if I'm gonna go see Final
0: Fantasy, I want somebody with an impossibly huge sword.
1: Final Fantasy VII, Advent Children is the movie sequel to the game nice. original. And it is really well done. I loved it. it well, was that was fantastic. probably
0: what I would say would be my Super Nintendo game. What about you? Final
1: Fantasy VII?
0: It was good. Um, I can't. I did watch her play it a lot. And, you know, the best thing about those games to me was when you would cast a spell or something like that, just to see the graphics. Because that's when the graphics just took off. Like, you're watching yeah. somebody play that, and you're going, I don't get what's so great about this. It's a little blocky guy walking through a blocky forest, and then all of a sudden the camera zooms in on him and gives you n- nausea. But mm. then somebody would cast a spell, and you would go, whoa! Yeah. All right, that's pretty badass. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, um, I didn't actually play all that much Super Nintendo. It was I kind of went from Nintendo to uh, nothing to Are you a person
0: that is sort of married to a particular company? Like, I'm a Nintendo person, or I'm a Microsoft person. No,
1: I'm not a fanboy at all. Um, I will play pretty much anything Blizzard puts out, because they have a history of putting out quality content right. that I enjoy. Okay, But I don't, I'm not married to any of them. If I play it and I don't like it, I just put it down. Well, and I'm not bothered by that.
0: That brings us then to the Jekyll to your Mr. Hyde. No, oh, yeah. Jekyll was the good guy.
1: Yeah, yeah hide to Mr. Hyde
0: to your Jekyll. Okay. Now we get into the Carissa that I love, as long as she's not bashing something that I love. Um, <laughs> you commented on EA a little bit. Now, I have seen with the online gaming world some travesties of ill-prepared, ill-preparedness. You know, we're going to make you pay to get into this online world, and it doesn't even work. That seems to me to be, an, if I were an online gamer, to be the most frustrating thing in the world. Now, what is your beef with EA? Is it something like that, or is it just poor quality games?
1: It's not poor quality games exactly.
0: Now they seem to have cornered the market in the sports world. Those Madden games are huge.
1: Uh, I actually, that's actually kind of where it started for me, my dislike of EA. Hold okay. back. Because on N64, Uh there was a game called NFL Blitz.
0: Okay, I remember that.
1: It was a truly great sports game. I'm not a huge sports game player. I had so much fun with that game. And it didn't let me play it because it dumbed down the sport. It just made it a much more playable experience. Made it make sense. I mean, it it all makes sense. It's just, like, I am not interested in building an empire. I just don't give a shit. I just want to throw the fucking football and run it for a touchdown. That's what I want to do. Let me fucking do that. Don't bog me down with all this extraneous crap. I understand some people really like that part of Madden. Cool. Good for them. Mm. But I just...
0: Every time I've ever played Madden, I'm just like, I'll play a game. Just pick a team and play a game. You know? I I don't do the whole season thing. Yeah,
1: exactly. Well, EA... Bought the NFL rights. Okay, which meant we couldn't have an NFL Blitz game.
0: Oh, so they're basically a monopoly on it now. They, if you're gonna they play, it, you gotta corner play it the their market. Way.
1: They fucking own it, and then they put out as a rule games that aren't finished, games that they bully their studios into um. changing the vision of the game. Um, like I, I can. Give you a history of it if you really want to know.
0: <laughs> as long as it gets you fired up, go for it.
1: Okay, I will try to make it pretty short and sweet. And try in and make 90s. it
0: creative. I want some explosives. Okay.
1: In the nineties.
0: In the fucking nineties.
1: In the fucking nineties, um, EA pressured one of their studios to rush a game, Ultimate Eight. Okay. And their the developer of the game says that it said that it was. Uh, badly slashed, it cut out huge swaths of the gameplay, um, it was just unplayable, and they th- they basically left half the game on the cutting room floor because EA required them to put it out so fast. And people who liked the Ultima series were very disappointed in Ultima 8 right. because of what EA made the developers do. Um, they pushed out several other games in a row that were just like that. It, they either were buggy, incomplete, left a bunch of stuff on the cutting room floor, uh, looked like shit, just stuff that they did to pressure their developers to make games be crappy. Okay. Doing that killed several series.
0: Oh, uh, here we go. We're getting into the uh, meat of it now.
1: Like, they bought some companies, and those companies, like the developers at those companies, the employees at those companies, were so opposed to that acquisition that they just quit. And this was at a time like in the mid-90s when if you worked in the gaming industry, it's because you had a passion for working in the gaming industry. You did not quit that job. You didn't leave. Because this was a life goal. It wasn't just a job. You weren't a number cruncher. You were actually doing and creating something.
0: That's kind of what happened, though. I, I watched a really interesting documentary recently about the history of gaming. And that is one of the reasons Atari started to tank is because... It became more about get the games out as quickly as you can. You know, the original owner of Atari sold it. The guy who actually gave a shit about the quality of the games. And that led to E.T., which led to almost the entire collapse of the gaming industry. Yes, And people still haven't learned their lesson because what you say is what I hear about every bad guy. I've looked it up. I've looked online. What are the worst games? What are the worst mistakes? And it always is people are going to buy this, but we got to get it out now.
1: Um, so near 2000, they basically killed the gaming company Origin Systems, and they killed several of their long-running titles, um, Ultima, Wing Commander, which was a hugely popular series, and it just it just killed it. Um, just fucking yeah, we don't really care that players actually like these games. They're gonna buy it because it's a name they recognize. So fuck them. Hmm. And this, I mean, this goes back to before 2000.
0: Well, and this is interesting because I've just been talking. I've just – I pulled up an article that said the 10 greatest disasters in video gaming history. Okay. Number eight on the list is the SimCity launch.
1: Oh, God. Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: The only game on this list, and for good reason, as it's done more than almost any other software or hardware to discredit DRM, Digital Rights Management, and Always Online. Although previous games in the series had been primarily single-player affairs, the 2013 reboot of SimCity demanded a constant, or at least every 20 minutes, online connection before it would even work. EA claimed this was because of cloud processing requirements, although hackers quickly found out this wasn't true and that the online check-ins could be turned off with ease if EA wanted to. As if that wasn't bad enough, the game was plagued by problems at launch with players unable to log into the servers and therefore unable to play the game even if they just wanted to do so on their own. Network outages persisted, saved games were constantly lost, and EA had to endure weeks of bad press. The game underneath was actually okay, but the size of the city areas was much smaller than previous games, and much of the artificial intelligence was completely broken.
1: Yes, and it's still that way. Like, they just lost on it. Wow. And that is not new for EA. That is way down on the list of shit they've done just like that.
0: You're talking about something that happened before 2000 and this was 2013. Yes. Wow.
1: And I mean, not just for SimCity we're talking, they also had um, they required anybody reviewing game to come to the EA offices Mm -hmm. uh, and write very misleading reviews about the game. Which is horribly unethical. Yeah. And really shitty. And seriously, launch, the not just launch day. Most people expect on a launch day for any online connected game it's gonna be a little shitty.
0: I love how passionate you are about this. I could use <sighs> our expletives.
1: Okay. Uh, so we all fucking understand yeah, our, there you go. fucking launch day. It's gonna be fucking shitty. Yeah. We fucking get it. Love um it. but it was it was worse than bad. You could not have predicted, we probably could have predicted, but unbelievable how impossible it was to get access to the game that you you paid for. You couldn't
0: say the word unbelievable. You're so full of ire. (laughs) Unbelievable.
1: Well, part of the reason it pisses me off so bad is that they are a huge game. And they're, they're such a leviathan in the gaming industry because they have all this money. Despite the fact that they are a shit, they are as bad a company as Comcast, and they still make money hand over fist, right. and people still buy the shit that they make, and I don't know why. Like
0: because they, because don't know, they sell because everything with a big release, name on it,
1: because they buy everything with a name, then they ruin it, and move on to the next thing to ruin.
0: So, would you say that they're the worst? Yes. As far as the big companies go.
1: Yes. I might be wrong, but I don't think I am. I think they are the worst. It's just terrible. Like, the list of shit that they have done has been. Ast- it's just astonishing. Right. How much shit they've just ruined. How many uh, series they have completely decimated. And, like, they're coming out with Star Wars Battlefront.
0: They're doing Battlefront now? Have they always done Battlefront? Yep. I love Battlefront.
1: You're not going to like the new one. Why not? Uh, There's no single player campaign mode. There are no battles in space. What? In a Star Wars Battlefront game, you cannot battle in the stars. You know what? I don't think any of the
0: old Battlefront games had space battles.
1: Mm, I don't know. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Play the Battlefronts games. Uh, They. They've shut down uh, several gaming companies, um, either through acquisition and just gutting them or through acquisition and then just decimating all their titles so they had nothing left to sell. Or wow. acquisition and all of their employees saying, we're not working for EA, fuck you.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: I mean, it's That's just amazing.
0: terrible. Yeah, so what else it's... really gets your ire in the gaming world? What, what pisses you off faster than anything else?
1: Assholes who take their shit too seriously.
0: Okay. Continue.
1: Gaming is an entertainment activity. Yes. Like, for people who are professionally paid to professionally play professional games, I get it when they get pissed off when their professional gaming career is affected by something. That makes sense to me. Because you're paid to do it. It should work. It should support that career that you are choosing to go down That's fine. Right. But if I just log into a game and you log into a game and then you're talking about fucking my mom or giving me shit because I'm a girl or telling me I'm a noob because I died (laughs) or whatever. Fucking it's a game. Seriously. Get over it.
0: Is that another reason you kind of got burned out on WoW? Did you run into a lot of WoW (sighs) douchebags?
1: There are a lot of WoW douchebags. They're not specific to WoW, but they do play WoW. And no, Does that because sour you on I, online gaming in general? Probably. I don't do a lot of gaming with people I don't know right. anymore. Um, the MMO thing is not a draw for me. Because I don't like to play with strangers. Because right. strangers are fucking assholes. That's true. Either they're assholes in the terms of they, you know, treat me like shit because they find out I'm a girl somehow. Which I never announce, by the way. <laughs> I don't talk on mic to strangers online. I don't disclose the fact that I'm a girl to strangers online you don't automatically
0: just go hi I have a vagina
1: no not at all because I'm not a you should give me stuff because I'm a girl girl that pisses me off and I don't really feel like I want my time my gameplay my approach my enjoyment to be affected by some sexist asshole right Who's just a sexist asshole because he's online and I can't punch him in the face.
0: Again, you're so angry. Your pronunciations are getting spotted. <laughs> asshole. Hang on. Let me get a drink. Is that the same thing as an asshole? Sounds like it. Well, I we're going to deviate. we we'll are probably get to the point where we need to wind it down. But I do still want to talk about one or two things before okay. we. But in order to finish this and move off of gaming, because I could talk about gaming forever. Yeah, uh, I did want to read you some of the other items on this list and get your okay. impression. This is from um, Metro uh, News Magazine Online, whatever. Uh, The 10 greatest disasters in video games history from X-Bone to E.T. Number 10 on this list is the Wii U release schedule. Oh, God, yeah. You could easily title this as post-2008 Nintendo, as ever since that year's empty Christmas release schedule, the company seems to have been paralyzed by an inexplicable ability to release new games. Now, I still love Nintendo. I think they're one of the best companies around. They've got a track record, a great track record, they
1: but had a great track record.
0: this not only saw the Wii die on the vine for no very good reason, but it also meant weak launch lineups for the 3DS and Wii U, and even more barren release schedules thereafter. The 3DS has since recovered in what is one of gaming's great comebacks, but the fate of the Wii U is still yet to be decided. Although the lineup of games at E3 last week was certainly a step in the right direction. So they basically came out with a great new console and nothing to play on it?
1: Well, that happened with the original Wii 2.
0: How, 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 how does somebody do that?
1: <laughs> so the first Zelda game on the Wii, and now I can't remember the name of it.
0: Um... Fuck Link's Orgy, I think, was the name of it. Some,
1: yes, I believe that, I believe you're correct. Yeah. Uh, the first a lot one, of
0: fishing in that game, too. What
1: actually, they did they're... was not make a Zelda game developed for the Wii. They didn't use it with the Wii's engine to guide its path.
0: Oh, I see. It was basically like they made it for another console and just said, hey, let's put it on the Wii. They developed it
1: for the GameCube. Oh. And then ported the GameCube game poorly to the Wii.
0: That does not sound like a decision they're normally known for making.
1: Zelda is, with the exception of Mario, by far their largest franchise. They needed it to be good because they didn't... I don't think Mario Sunshine launched with the Wii. I think it came out later. I believe Zelda was their launch title. It wasn't a Wii game. It was a GameCube game that you played on the Wii. And it was terrible.
0: So you say you're not a gamer, but you know a lot about this shit, and you're passionate. I love it. <laughs> okay, number nine. PlayStation Network hack. Yeah. There have been big. a rash of high-profile hacking scandals in recent years, some involving companies even bigger than Sony, but few were handled with such doddering incompetence. As the PlayStation Network outage of 2011, it took days before Sony even admitted there was a problem, and then it quietly revealed that the personal details of around 77 million users had been stolen, many without any kind of encryption protection.
1: Kind of like the ones that happened this year.
0: (laughs) Well, I will say, I got a PS Vita this year, and I love it, but I came with a free downloadable copy of Borderlands 2, Mm -hmm. and I went to download my copy. And the network was down for days.
1: Yeah, the PSN is very sketchy.
0: Yeah, I think they're uh, they're still having some issues with that. So then we go on to the Sims thing. Um, number seven. Do uh, you have any guesses?
1: Uh, in terms of order? No, not at all.
0: Uh, any guesses that you think might be on this list? In any number?
1: <sighs> the X-Bone. Um... <laughs>
0: I don't even know what that is. Oh, I can't wait prob- for
1: that. Xbox One. Oh, The Red Ring of Death.
0: We're getting there. All right. Number seven, PlayStation Media Briefing at the E3 2006. The press conference that launched a thousand memes but is widely mocked as the reveal of the PlayStation 3 was its only the third worst on our list. The giant enemy crabs and Ridge Racer quotes still live on today. But Sony's real problem was announcing the more expensive of the two PlayStation 3 models for $599. See, this is why yes. people get pissed off at video games. When you're asked to pay that much for something, Yes. it better be fucking good. Yes. At the time, that didn't seem that unreasonable to European gamers who were used to playing extortionate amounts for their hardware. Ooh, I like that word, extortionate. Mm. But it instantly made Sony a laughingstock amongst price-conscious American gamers Things got even worse when PlayStation granddaddy Ken Crazy Katuragi got into the full flow, suggesting people should take two jobs in order to be able to afford the PlayStation 3.
1: I think that he got um, quieted down (laughs) like he was and he was never heard from again,
0: even as a joke. That's just admitting, like, dude.
1: Oh, it's it's that is not how you cover PR for that. No, <laughs> that's not a good way. To
0: no, end, but... I mean that's about as bad as the guy that was in charge of fixing up uh, the PR for the oil spill in Louisiana, who was just like, eventually, did you, yeah. you remember that guy? Yes. And uh, he started complaining because people were so mean to him, mm-hmm. and then like the next day they got a picture of him on his billion dollar yacht. Like that is the worst representative. Of any sort of thing you could imagine. That's pretty fascinating. This I know about and completely agree with. Number six, the Mega CD and 32X. The SNES might have won out. Huh?
1: I don't think I know anything about this.
0: Oh, God. It was Sega's attempt to get into the CD market. The SNES might have won out worldwide during the 16-bit generation, but the Mega Drive was always king in the UK during the 90s, and the only reason it didn't win overall is because of Sega's bizarre hardware plans near the end of its lifetime. The Saturn was meant to be the Mega Drive's next generation replacement, but although it was enduring a troubled development, the Nintendo 64 was now nowhere near finished, so there was no real rush. If Sega had only stayed the course, supporting the Mega Drive properly until its natural demise, the current shapes of the games industry might be very different, but they didn't. Instead, they released two highly expensive Mega Drive add-ons and had hardly any decent games in which which badly stretched Sega's resources, not to mention souring the public on the entire brand. The Mega CD was embarrassingly low-tech, even <laughs> at the time, but the benefits of the th- 32X, which was supposed to increase the power of the Mega Drive and make it better at 3D graphics, was even less obvious. The improvements were negligible at best, and the whole business was a beginning of the end for Sega. There is a great video game nerd video where he... Looks at the Sega CD, and I don't know if you remember it, but it was—I think they tried to make it. I don't know what they were trying to do, but it was basically <laughs> an add-on you got for your Genesis, and you sort okay. of plunked it I into the top of the Genesis.
1: the top cartridgey thing. The to top the cartridgey Genesis.
0: thing, and then you had another thing for the CD that you lunked on to the side of it. And it I looked, never
1: had a Sega console, like not a single like Sega console.
0: As so. if Robbie the robot had suffered some horrible brain damage <laughs> and was, you know, pulling a regarding Henry and trying to relearn how to walk and talk all over again. It looked awful. Not to mention the fact that you now have like, and he illustrates this pretty well in the video, that now you have three like giant AC plugs that you gotta find somewhere to plug into. It nice. was clunky. The games weren't good enough to justify it. It was a disaster. And here we go, Carissa, number five. Xbox One Unveil. Oh, God. Still making headlines as we speak. The unveiling of the Xbox One has been an unmitigated disaster, despite a very decent lineup of new games and intense anticipation by fans. The strangest thing about the whole affair is that so many of the problems were needlessly self-inflicted and stem from exec interviews that never seem to tell the same story twice. The unveil itself was a dull but competently executed affair that focused on the X1's multimedia features. I remember this, and that was odd to me. I don't remember them saying much about video games at all. No. Get an Xbox One. You can watch movies. I'm like, okay, why don't I get a DVD player instead? Or better yet, watch them on Netflix.
1: Yeah, I have a computer for that. Thanks. Yeah,
0: exactly. But as the day wore on, bizarre stories began to emerge that the Xbox One needed to check in online once every 24 hours and that it blocked the use of secondhand games and even lending them to a friend.
1: God, it was so ridiculous.
0: None of this was mentioned in the unveiling. As the news trickled out, the execs tried to put a positive spin on it. The fans began to revolt. By the time it got to E3... Sony took full advantage and revealed that the PlayStation 4 would have no such restrictions. <laughs> and then just a few days later, Microsoft was forced into a complete U-turn, leaving the Xbox One to start again from scratch just weeks after it had first been announced. Yep. Why would anyone even do that?
1: I, I still don't know what the hell they were thinking.
0: That's insane. Yes. This next one, I can't agree with. I don't think it was a disaster at all, but maybe it was. I don't know. Nintendo 64 cartridges. Yeah, I said the same thing. I was like, really? I don't remember that being a problem at all. As is well known, the original PlayStation started life as an add-on for the SNES, similar in concept to the Mega CD. It was to be a straight collaboration between Sony and Nintendo, but when Nintendo saw the small print in the contract, they famously backed out at the last minute. And that also is why Sony was able to get, uh, or no, maybe it was another company, was able to make those awful Link games. Do you remember the Link CD games?
1: No. Oh,
0: God, look them up. They're astoundingly bad. Okay. They, it was back when everyone was trying to ex- exploit the capability of CDs, mm-hmm. and they not only were the games just bad, bland 2D platformers, they had these animations in between. They basically got, I can't remember what company it was, but they basically managed to get all the rights to Link for a short amount of time and oh. made the worst Zelda games in history, and the animations, you, you just have to look them up. I can't remember I the name of them, that. but Zelda CDs—you'll find, find them. But Nintendo's great mistake was that the N64 used cartridges instead of CDs, something that immediately alienated third parties and set the company down its current path of relying solely on its own internally made games. Okay. Cartridges dilute allow... the Yeah, I don't, I don't get it either. It no, I do. I works... see the point they're making. Oh, you do. I do. I'm not sure I do.
1: Because we, for the longest time, Zach and I had our N64, and that was our console. Right. Like. Even after PlayStation, like, we just, that was the one that we used. But long before the life cycle of that generation of consoles ended, Nintendo 64 was out of games because the expectation for development, developers find it hard still to develop for Nintendo. Yes. It is harder still to develop for an outdated format, especially if you are trying to get it to play on multiple platforms because you have to either develop completely different games or port it from one platform to another, which is really challenging in itself. So forcing it into that, it's like... When we've advanced to DVD, we're forcing everything to be DVD and VHS. Right.
0: Well, and and VHS doesn't have the
1: same capabilities. It's going to stunt you.
0: And after doing some research in the video game industry, this is one knock that I can say is fair. This next section of this paragraph is very fair against Nintendo from what I've seen, and they've shot themselves in the foot several times from this. Cartridges did allow for faster loading, but Nintendo's real infatuation with them was that they could charge other publishers more for manufacturing them. So their greed left them with an outdated format and an increasingly unbalanced games portfolio. Yes. They've done that a few times. Just for they the
1: still do that today.
0: Yeah. Number three, the Sega Saturn unveil. Looking through this list, it makes it obvious just how bad video game companies are at unveiling <laughs> new products. Even ultimately successful consoles have had to endure terrible starts, and none have ever fared worse than the Saturn the problem started even before it went public with Sega ditching the original hardware design which was meant to focus on 2D graphics once they found out that the PS1 was selling itself on its 3D polygonal po, polygonal, polygonal power.
1: Polygonal? Polygonal.
0: Uh, you mean it had more than polygonal? one lever?
1: Yes, <laughs> polygonal. That's totally yes. What I mean. It had
0: more than one oddly shaped lever. <laughs> The entire console was a rush job but Sega made the worst of a bad situation when it attended the first ever E3 in 1995. It had been pretending it would launch the console on Saturn Day, <laughs> which is already like you lost me. Wow. September 2nd, a date which gamers, retailers, and third-party publishers had been preparing for. At E3, though, this was revealed as a trick to force Sony's hand and that the Saturn was actually being released at that very moment in May only 4 american retailers were on it, were in on the secret and this infuriated everyone else not only that but the te- technically inferior saturn was 100 dollars more expensive than the ps1 and it had only 6 <laughs> and it had only 6 games available at launch Jesus. all of which were from sega since other publishers also expected to be released in september although quite successful in japan the saturn was essentially dead the moment it was announced in the west and sega never recovered As a result of the Saturn's failure, they never had the money to make a success of the subsequent and much better thought-out Dreamcast, and they exited the hardware business in 2001. Which, the Dreamcast, from what I've heard, was a good system, but I think they'd already fucked themselves. Yeah. And here we go, Carissa. Number two, and I don't know what this is, so I'm going to enjoy hearing you, (laughs) hearing me discover it. Okay. Number two, the Red Ring of
1: death. Oh my God!
0: Here we go. The Xbox One fiasco is not the first time that Microsoft has tried to ride out a wave of unpopularity by simply pretending the problem doesn't exist. I just get this <laughs> pictured by having an executive just turning his back to his office door. Mm-hmm. What? Hmm? No, everything's oh, no. fine. I'm no, 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 hmm? talking oh. about? Me? Oh, look at that butterfly. Um, rushed into completion in order to get a head start over the PlayStation 3. The original models of the Xbox 360 are estimated to have had a failure rate of between 30 to 45%, mm-hmm. an astonishingly high rate, but only an estimate because Microsoft has barely ever acknowledged the problem. Their accountants did, though, with the cost of replacing and repairing consoles costing the company over $1 billion. Many customers reported replacing Xbox 360s five times or yep. more. What? Yeah. With Microsoft paying for couriers to arrive with specially designed cardboard boxes to transport them in, which quickly became known as Xbox coffins. Microsoft never said exactly what the problem was, but the red ring of lights around the Xbox 360 start button became a sadly familiar slight slight amongst gamers. We lost three that way ourselves, perhaps more nefarious than Microsoft's attitude to the problem though how underreported it was in the mainstream media with the much less prevalent issue of disk scratching somehow getting much more coverage as a result microsoft got away with the launch where for the first year or so its console simply didn't work in any reliable fashion the fact that gamers didn't seem to care and microsoft walked away scot-free except for the one billion dollar repair bill is undoubtedly what led to their later bullishness over the xbox one's anti-consumer features
1: i will tell you why gamers didn't seem to care Go. Because when you red-ringed, and we, we had our Xbox One red-ring one that time.
0: sounds like such a porn. I know. Like, what are you going to do today? What, what scene are you working on? I don't know, but I know I'm going to get red-ringed.
1: Yeah. That's got to get ready. When, when you're 360 red-ringed, you had to call Microsoft because I still at least have no functional idea why 360 would do the red-ring. Yeah. like. I don't know what caused it, and as far as I can tell, nobody really does. It was like they would all just had the fucking flu or Down syndrome or something. <laughs> that and is the worst just...
0: thing I've seen so far on this
1: list. And your Xbox, you'd be playing Xbox, and then it would just be dead. Like it didn't come that way. You would start it up, and it would work just fine for a week, three weeks, two months, and then it would just. Red ring, and you would just be done. There was no fix for it. You just sent it back, wow. and they sent you a new one. The reason most gamers didn't seem to care is because the way their customer service handled it was top notch. Really? You called them and said, I have red rings. And they said, Cool, we'll send you a box. You send it back, we'll send or you a box. Or some lotion.
0: One. Maybe you should see a doctor. Yeah,
1: you know, but they just they didn't argue. They didn't bitch. They didn't right. try to say, Well, have you tried turning it off and turning it back on again? <laughs> you said, I have red rings. They sent you a box. You sent it back. They got you a new one. Period. Wow. That was all you had to do. So it's like, yeah, we fucked it up. We're gonna fix it. And they just did. They just well, ate the cost and just fixed it and you know you what you, in as
0: this ever, day and age never heard about it. In this day and age, if you're a gamer, you probably have several game systems. Yes. Like back in the day, if your Nintendo didn't work, you had you the Nintendo play a video game, and you were done. You were fucked. <laughs> But now it's like, oh, the Xbox isn't working. Let's move on to the PlayStation until we get a new one. And now with online capability, God, there's just so many different options. Yep. That's crazy, though. I'd never heard of that
1: before. Oh, God. it was. I'm surprised because, honestly, it was a thing. Like, you know about the blue screen of death, right? Oh, yeah. For Windows computers? Yeah. This was it for the 360.
0: That's insane.
1: It was so, I mean, what did they say, 30 to 45%?
0: That's ridiculous.
1: Of them? Yeah. And basically, you just expected your first 360 was going to red ring. Oh, God. And then you'd get a new one.
0: That's like being in a post apocalyptic world and just appreciating (laughs) the fact that you get a leg of chicken once a week. You're like, well, what's the other option? Dying, I guess. And the number one
1: customer service just handled it so well. Yeah. Honestly, it just, you couldn't, as the end user, You just couldn't be that. It's like, yeah, your product was a piece of shit, but you sent me a brand new one. You didn't bitch about it, which most people would. Right. You just recognized it was fucked, and you sent me a new one.
0: That's unbelievable. I can't believe that even happened.
1: Yeah. It was a pretty big disaster, though.
0: Yeah. Well, number one goes without saying. We've already brought it up once, so we're not going to get into too much detail, but the video game crash of 83, and we've already talked about what led to that. I think it was the combination of people rushing games out the door. Uh Consoles not licensing their games, because when Pong was so popular, there were 5,000 other Pong consoles with inferior right. versions of Pong. And then the E.T. game, I think, was the final nail in the coffin. <laughs> Have you ever seen it played? Oh, God, yes. Do you know anyone that has it?
1: Uh, Not that I know of. Okay.
0: But you've seen, like, online footage and stuff. Oh, God, yeah. I'm going to say there are probably worse games than that out there, but uh... it ain't good. It ain't good. So this has been so much fun, Carissa. I do, I don't know if I want to bring this up or save it for the next time I bring you on because we could probably talk about the prequels for another two hours.
1: Yeah, probably. I'm going to go
0: ahead and say this. If you enjoy this podcast, then I will get Carissa back on again, and we may just spend the entire episode talking about the Star Wars prequels. (laughs) And everyone has heard people (laughs) shit on the prequels, but I guarantee you've never heard anyone shit on the prequels like we will shit on the prequels.
1: Because we were believers. We were believers.
0: That would... It's what's going to happen to the Scientologists eventually. (laughs) They're going to walk away from that building going, that was
1: dumbass shit. Hey, Evan. Yeah. If you really want me on my best bitch mode, we will talk about Scientology. Oh, wonderful.
0: Well, then save that for another time. Okay. Keep that in your back pocket. Okay. But um, yeah, both of them are dumb and involve aliens. So, prequels <laughs> Scientology, pretty much the same thing. So, anyway, I'm so glad you were able to do this. I'm so glad we were able to work it out. And me too. Uh, I think we should do this again sometime. I agree. And there you have it. And we did do it again, and that turned into The Lucky 10,000, which you will hear in its regular format in Episode 3. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoy it. Please share it with all your friends and visit our Twitter at uh, Lucky10K. And I hope you guys uh, got lucky tonight.
1: Thank you for being
0: a part of The Lucky 10,000 with your hosts. Evan and Carissa. Email is at lucky10,000 at gmail.com. Find Lucky 10,000 on Twitter at lucky underscore 10k. And visit our podcast network site at beardedpodsnetwork.com.